to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. My wife, I knew God was calling me into ministry. I just didn't know how I was going to get there because I knew some people, they're pastors, but they have full-time jobs too. Or, so I, I'm, I wasn't opposed to that. And so <clears throat> I, I heard this thing on the radio, fire, or police department, starting at $40,000 a year. I was like, $40,000? You're rich. Um, <laughs> and some of you are like, $40,000, that's not rich. But 22-year-old me who's only making like $10 an hour, I was like, yeah, I was working like 80 hours a week just to make sure I made enough money. 80 40 hours now, it's like, I'm tired. Um, and so I went and I applied. I, I turned in my application, and then I went and took the test, written test. Um, passed the written test, not with flying colors, but you only need to get a 70. Um, uh, and my friend used to say, C's and D's get degrees. <clears throat> um, not in the police department, you need to at least have a C. So I passed, though. I, I got a 79 or something like that. And then I went to the physical part. Now, I'm 22 years old. I'm physically fit. I'm in the gym. You know, when you don't have kids, you pretty much, you've got a lot of time on your hand. So I'm serving. I'm working in my youth ministry, the youth ministry. I'm doing all these things. I'm, I'm in the gym. I'm fit. So I go and I, I do the, the first thing you have to do is you have to bench press like your weight or something like that. And I'm, I was skinny as a rail. Not anymore, but I was. And I was skinny, so that was easy. I, and I bench. I mean, not, I mean, I was well over my weight when I bench. I'm, it's a good thing. I felt good about that. And then I get to all the other things. There's all these physical things you have to do. And pass all of them. And I get to the, the sit-up part. You have to do, it depends on your age. The younger you are, you have to do more. I had to do 37. That was the limit. So I'm cruising through my sit-ups. I, I'm, I get to 10, and I'm just, I'm blowing through them. 10, I get to 20, I get to 30, and I'm not slowing down. I get to 35, I'm still cruising. 36, I'm good. 37th sit-up. Last one. That's all I needed. Could not do the last sit-up. And I am I'm going up, and I've got some guy. I don't even know who he is. He's holding my feet or whatever they're doing, counting for me. I could not. One short. And then the next thing they have you do is they have you go and jump over this wall, and I go with the six-foot wall, and I scale that wall, and then they have you run like a mile and a half or whatever it is, and I go and run the mile and a half. I turn in my form. I'm like, so did I make it? He says, no, you're... You're short. I go, but it's one sit-up. I'm sorry. You have to take it all over again. I don't know about you guys, but there are some times in life where things prevent me from getting to where I want to go. One sit-up. One single sit-up kept me from that next step. You know, and there are things in our life where we can look at, maybe it's something from our past, or we're wanting to move forward in life, we're wanting to do something new, have a change, and there are times in our life where one thing, one simple thing, can we can feel like it's preventing us from moving forward. We can feel like it's preventing us from doing what we want to do next. You see, for me, it was God saying, Jeremiah, I didn't call you to be a police officer. Thanks for trying. You see, I think sometimes what's wrong with generations of people is they don't even try. My parents didn't raise me not to try. You don't sit on your butt and wait for a job to come. If that's you, you're waiting, get off your butt. Go find something. Because it's out there. You just got to hustle. You just got to hustle, grind a bit. So I, I, I was trying. I'm like, well, I'm going to work this. I was working 80 hours a week. But then God said, no, that's not it. And then I went and started working a job as a painter. 
painted apartments and stuff. Hated it. Hated it. I'm not called to be a painter. Um, but then a job at the church, at, at a church, opened up. It wasn't a youth pastor. It was a ministry. It was a maintenance job. But that was my next step. But I had to go through things. And there are times in our life where we look and go, okay, did I fail? Have I messed up? Am I no longer useful? Has this door closed? Has my past, that one thing that can prevent us from moving forward? And my question to you this morning, what is preventing you from taking your next step with God? What's preventing you? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this morning. God, I thank you that you are a good God doing good things. Lord, I thank you for that young man, Bodhi, who got baptized this morning, Lord. Man, that's just awesome. I mean, Lord, you're good. Lord, you are all about life change. And God, I thank you for changing my life. And Lord, I look forward to the lives you're working on this morning. God, for the lives that you've already been working on, you've already done, you've done life changes in us. Lord, I thank you. God, I ask that you'd speak to us, encourage us, Lord, today. God, I ask that you would move through churches in our valley, Lord, whether it's CCV and Ashley and Calvary with Mark or um, Andrew over at Cross Church, Lord, or Gary over at Apollo. God, I ask that you would speak to your people and speak to us at City View this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're continuing our study in the book of Acts titled More Than Us. We're actually supposed to be in chapter 3, but it's Baptism Sunday, and I don't have to go in order. Um, So I'm skipping to chapter 8. And in chapter 8, you know, there's a a man that we meet. And I, I think his story is so much like many of ours. Many of us, we've had times in our life where something has gotten in the way of us wanting to move forward. Something from our past that we just can't seem to get rid of. We can't seem to shake the, the history, the thing that people always like. They look at you and they remember that one thing. They remember that one time. They remember who you were instead of who you are now. And in Acts chapter 8, we meet a guy. His name is the Ethiopian eunuch. That's all we know about him. We don't know his name. We're never going to get his name. We know he's an Ethiopian eunuch. We know where he's from. We know sort of something about him. He's a eunuch. Now, if you don't know what a eunuch is, I'm not going to go into detail. Um, But we don't know if he is a eunuch by birth. We don't know if he's a eunuch by force being done to him. We don't know if he's a eunuch by choice. Or we don't know if he's a eunuch by title. Because in that time, some people would gain the title of eunuch just because of the authority that they have. So we don't know, but we know that this guy is an Ethiopian eunuch. We, and we know that he's a man that feels like he's missing something in his life. Have you ever felt like you're missing something? Like there's something, you're, there's something in your life that you're missing out on. You don't really know what it is. You see, here's what else we know about this man. We know that he had a great job. You see, some of us, we think, <clears throat> if I just get that job, life will be great. He had a great job. You couldn't have much better of a job than what this guy had. He not only had a great job, he had a great position. He was the treasurer to the queen of a country. Can you imagine being the accountant for an entire country? Can you imagine that? Handling the riches of a nation. Can you imagine that? That's this guy's job. That's his position. He is the treasurer. When he walks into a room, people stop what they do and they bow. Because they realize he has authority. Man, my throat. 
He had a great education. <clears throat> he was raised up in a home where people um, were able to, he was able to get the teachings he needed so that when the job opportunity came, <clears throat> he could get that job. It wasn't like he was walking on the streets one day and this lady says, hey, <clears throat> you look good. You want to be my treasurer of my country? No, you see, he would have put himself into a place where that would have happened. But he still felt something was missing. He had money. He had title. He had education. Yet still felt something was missing in his life. Let's read Acts chapter 8, <clears throat> verses 26 through 31. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you have the Version Bible app or our app, you can be there. Or it's going to be up behind me. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go, south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court, <clears throat> a court official of Cadence, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading from the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. And Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet. And he said to him, do you understand what you are reading? And the man said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Let me give you a little background on who this Philip guy is. So th there were 12 disciples, 12 men who followed Jesus. Judas took his life. They added a new guy. So those 12 disciples, they were doing the work of God, and they were serving in their, the churches in the Jerusalem area. But it got to be too much. They needed to get some new guys in because they couldn't do everything. They couldn't do all the preaching, all the serving and everything. It's sort of at church, um, you know, you get to those points where it's like, we need more people. You ever hear a church like, hey, we need volunteers? You ever hear that at church? I mean, some of you, if you're in church area, you're like, it's a constant thing. It's, it, that, it, it started a long time ago, back in Acts chapter 6. The stuff was like, hey, we need more people. And so they, they went and they had some high criteria for this. And one of the seven guys that they picked was a guy named Philip, this guy right here. And what they were asking them to do was to serve tables of widows and those who had less. Said, hey, will you guys please, we ask you seven men, we just want you to be servants. So that's what these seven men did, and Philip being one of them. And then Philip had this call to go to this land called Samaria. This land that did not know God, they did not know Jesus, they did not know there was an opportunity for a life change for them. And so Philip got up, and he went to Samaria one day. And as he's in Samaria, he starts preaching to the crowds. And the crowds start coming to God in floods. This happens earlier in this chapter of Acts chapter 8, which we'll get to in a couple weeks anyways. And as he's preaching, there's this guy named Simon the Magician. It was all about witchcraft. And not, not a magician like what you would see in Vegas or something like that. This guy was all about witchcraft and things like that. And Simon, he hears this message. hears about life change. He sees that Philip is doing things that are amazing. He sees that people are following Philip and they're not following him anymore. They're not in awe of him. So this guy, Simon the magician, says, you know, I'm going to follow him. I want to give my life to God. So he does. I want to get baptized. So he does. And then Peter and John, have you ever had your bosses come in and watch you work and make sure you're doing what you're supposed to? Have you ever had that day where they're like, hey, we're going to come in and observe you? You ever had that? Maybe you're a teacher and you're like the principal's in there and they're observing. Have you ever had that day where you're being observed? 
Isn't it so uncomfortable? And you're like, I hate this. Why do you got to watch me? I hope everybody behaves, or I hope I do the right job, or I hope everybody else that's, that maybe you're the boss, and you have a higher boss that's overseeing you. I hope everybody shows up on time today. I hope nobody makes me look. Have you ever worried that somebody might make you look bad as the boss? Have you ever been there? So here, I want, I want to give you a, a picture of Philip. So Philip baptizes. He sees all this life change. The disciples come in to check on him to make sure he's doing what's right. Simon, the magician, sees the disciples laying their hands on these people, and these people are receiving power from the Holy Spirit to start living this changed life. Simon says, I want that too. Can I pay for it? Can I give you money so that I might have power to lay hands on people to give them power? And but Peter, you know, Peter's not one to hold back words. You, guys ever, you know those people in your life that just, they, they won't, they'll say anything and everything that's on their mind? That's Peter. Peter turns around to Simon and goes, you little witch person. Who do you think you are? And he goes off on the guy. And he's like, you get behind me. He goes, you better hope that you're not going to burn with your silver and gold. Now, can you imagine how Philip would feel? He's like, man, I just did my first big sermon. I just had my first time of telling people about Jesus. And then I have this guy. He's ruining, ruining everything. Peter and John, they're not going to let me go anymore. They're, they're just going to put me in the back room. I have lost everything. That's gonna, this one guy is going to prevent me from ever being able to serve God again. Have you ever been there? We felt like one thing is going to prevent you from ever doing anything again. That's what happened to Philip. Can you understand the stress Philip's under right now? Can you understand the pain of what he might be going through? The thought process of going, what just happened? Because now he, even though it has nothing to do with him, Peter and John are looking going, okay, now are all the people you baptized crazy? Are all the people you said just made a life change, are they all crazy like Simon the, the magician? And so at the end of Acts, Acts chapter 8 verse 25, it says God sends all the disciples one way. And he turns to Philip. He goes, Philip, I don't want you to go down that desert path. You think Philip felt he was in trouble? How many of you ever walked that desert path? You just feel like, where am I going and why am I going down this way? Have you ever walked that desert path and you feel very alone? It's very dark, very dusty, and you don't know when it's going to end. And God tells Philip, Philip, I want you to walk down the desert path, that, that path right there. He goes, but God, everybody else is going that way. He goes, yeah, but no, not you. And so I, I wonder if Philip was like, man, I've really done it. I've, God's disciplining me. I've, I've messed up. I've, I, I have ruined anything God was ever going to do. This one thing I did is that one guy, Simon the Magician, is preventing me from ever getting to serve God again. You ever felt that way? And so Philip, what, what sets Philip apart, you know, you can either be stuck and you can live in that dark pit and you can look down and not see what's going to pass because if Philip would have just put his head down and been like, I'm sorry, God, and put his head down and kept walking, he would have missed the moment. But you see, here's what set Philip apart. Philip was available. When God said, I want you to go down that dark, dirty, desert road, and you're going to go alone, Philip said, okay. He was available. Philip submitted. He said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust what you're going to do. I'm going to trust that you've got a plan. I don't know how long this dark road's going to be. I don't know what's going to be at the end of it, but God, I'm going to go, and God, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe that you have something bigger and better, and that you have more for me, more than I could ever imagine or think. That's what set Philip apart. He was available, he submitted, and he believed. And I ask you this morning, are you available to do what God is calling you to do? Are you submitting? 
submitting to what God is calling you to do? And are you going to believe that he's going to do it? So if Philip would have just not done those things, if he would have put his head down, he would have missed the guy in the cart. If he wasn't listening, he wouldn't have heard what the guy was reading. But because he was, because he was available, he submitted and he believed, he heard the guy, he saw the guy, and he acted, and God said, go get in that cart now. So he runs up. You see, he's in a hurry. Some of us, we're too slow. We're just waiting. We're just going to sit and wait for God to bring somebody to us. No, Philip ran. He ran to meet the guy. Are you in a hurry to do what God's calling you to do, or you're just sitting on your butt waiting for it to happen? Man, don't sit and wait. Get up and go. There needs to be more runners in Jesus' in Jesus's name, not sitters. Some of you are like, I can't run anymore. Well, wheel there. Pray there. You don't have to run. I'm not talking about physical running. I get it. Not, every, not everybody's a runner. But are we inside running forward to what God is calling us to do? So Philip gets there, and it says in verse 32, it says, Now the passage of Scripture which, was being, which he was reading was this out of Isaiah chapter 53. He led a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered to Philip, and he says, please tell me, who is this talking about? Is it the prophet, or is it somebody else? And Philip opens his mouth. He says, dude, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. That's who the prophet is writing about. It's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The thing you're missing in your life is Jesus. The thing you're looking for is Jesus. The thing you want is Jesus. Everything is all wrapped up in Jesus. The lamb that was being led to the slain was Jesus when they led him to the cross, and he died on the cross, and he didn't say anything. He didn't argue with anybody. He could have called down thunder and lightning. And he could have just gotten rid of all those guys, but he didn't. He died for us. And Philip is preaching Jesus to him. And then it says in verse 36. I love that God calls not the most eloquent, because I'm not an eloquent speaker. I'm not. I'll admit, my English teacher in high school, she, this is a total side note. She goes, so are you a real good speaker? I said, no, I'm not eloquent. I'll never be, because I'm me. I just, I love to share Jesus. That's what I do. So you may think I'm not a good speaker. You may think that about yourself. You don't have to be. You just have to be available. This guy's available. So it says, and as they were, went along the road, they saw water and the eunuch, this guy, that's all we know about the guy. Can you imagine that's all people know about you? What happened to you physically and, your t- and where you're from, your country? Imagine, what's your name? I'm an Ethiopian eunuch. Oh, I read about you. <laughs> Poor guy. Everybody knows about him. He says, hey, Philip, look, there's water. Philip's like, yeah. He goes, what's preventing me from being baptized? Philip goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, I want to worship God, but because I'm black and because I don't fit into your country, I'm not allowed to worship God in your temple. Not only that, not only because of the color of my skin and because of where I was born, but because of the physical thing that was done to me, I cannot worship God. I cannot go into the temple. I can worship God from the lobby. He goes, so what's preventing me? Because everything in the other religions, what's preventing me is the color of my skin, where I was born, and what was done for me. For what was done to me. So what's preventing me from being baptized? What's preventing me from really following God? What's preventing me? What's going to be in the way? What's the thing that you're going to say, hey, you know what, Ethiopian, you're a red guy, you can follow Jesus, but uh, you got to change some things first. got to make some changes in your life. you got to do some things. So tell me, Philip, what's preventing me? 
He says, dude, do you believe in Jesus? He said, yeah. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He says, okay, nothing. And the Ethiopian guy, he goes, he goes whoa, halt my cart, chariot. Chariot driver's like, what do you need? He goes, there's water. I want to get baptized. I want to get in right now. But it's cold outside. I don't care. Our water's not cold, though. So I ask you, what's preventing you from taking your next step with God today? What do you think is in your past that you can't get forward and meet God today? You see, I think we're all in different places and different times in our life where things, we think things are preventing us. So what, what is getting in your way today? What's in your way? What is your next step today? What is it? Is your next step to take that step of faith and believing in Jesus, that he died on a cross for you, that he rose again, to trust him with your life? Is that your next step? Is your next step maybe to serve, to serve God, to serve maybe here at the church and to, 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 to be part of the team of maybe whether it's our usher team or our hello team or our city kids team or our worship team or our soundboard team or pro presenter team, lighting team or uh, security team. I don't know. What, what's your next step? Is, is it to join a team? Is your next step to trust God with your finances and to say, you know what? That's been the hardest thing for me, but God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to start giving to church. I'm going to start giving. I give, I give to Starbucks. God, I, I give to my Verizon bill. God, I give to Disney Plus. Thank God for Disney Plus, but I give to that every week, every month. Thank you, Lord. But God, you've done everything in my life and you've changed my life and I don't give to you anything. Maybe is that your next step? I don't know, maybe your next step is to actually start living what is done on the inside. Do you start sharing what God has done maybe with your coworkers, the person that lives next door to you. Maybe it's with your own roommate. What's your next step? Maybe your next step is baptism this morning. We had, we had nobody signed up last service for, for our first service. Nobody. But I said during, to the worship team in, our, in our, our, our early morning meeting, I said, guys, but there's one person. I know there's one person that's getting baptized today. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know their name. But I, I, knew, I knew there was one person. And there was. His name's Bodie. And he got baptized. And I'm sure he had excuses. He's probably like, but pastor, we're in a theater. Where's water? Right there. Right there. But, but pastor, I don't, I don't have clothes. Guess what? I have clothes for you to change into right there. But I don't have a towel. I've got towels for you right there. So what's preventing you from taking that step today? Because if you call Jesus Lord and you follow him with your life, why haven't you been baptized? There's nothing scary. I'm not going to make you sing and dance. I won't even make you talk unless you really want to share something. What's preventing you? What's preventing you from taking your next step with God? worship team is going to play a song or two. Those who are going to get baptized, if you would, start coming downstairs. 
maybe your next step is you need to take that step of faith and just believe in Jesus. You have not put your faith and trust in him. If that's you, if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus, I want you to pray with me right now. And just say, dear God, I believe in your son Jesus that he died on a cross for me. I believe that he didn't stay dead, but that he rose again and he lives today. God, I ask that you'd forgive me. Forgive me of my past. And Lord, thank you for forgiving me of the things of my future. God, set me free and help me to live for you. If that's you this morning, if you prayed with me this morning, I have a gift for you and I'd like you to raise your hand. Our ushers are going to come up and they're going to give you something. If you prayed this morning, would you please raise your hand so I can give you a gift. Keep your hands up until somebody hands you a gift. Don't be shy. Because we celebrate life change here and Jesus, he is all in the business of changing lives from worse to better. Because what Jesus does is he not only makes my life better, but he makes me better at life. He makes me a better man, a better husband, a better father, a better friend, a better employee, a better everything. That's what Jesus does, and that's what he does for you. So if you gave your life to Jesus today, please raise your hand so we can give you something. And if you're getting baptized today, please come down here. If you want to get baptized, you didn't plan on it, but you just found out you have no excuses, come down here. We have stuff for you. Guys, God's on the move. That's what he does. He changes lives. Let's sing. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.